Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's happening with you? Oh, I'm doing all right, man. Trying to keep cool, you know, stay out of the direct it's sunlight. It's fucking hot, man. Yes, the country's on fire, man. Oh, the world's on the fire. The world is on fire, I yes. Don't, I looked at the global weather. I, I don't know where if there's anywhere that's cool. Yeah. Even Alaska's hot. Right. You know? Uh, so it's like uh, it's it's we're we're dying here. We're we're sweating, and, <laughs> and uh, I guess we're all gonna lose some weight. That would <laughs> be a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. You know? Way to find the silver lining, man. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. But the, the 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 heat brings, of course, is always more and more murder in this sure. town. <laughs> sure, sure, murder that's, everywhere. That's every year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah. In fact, I heard uh, uh, it was so hot in Texas. That some Taco Bell employee got so pissed off at this customer. The customer said they got the order wrong. That the Taco Bell employee threw a vat of scalding boiling water on the customer. Oh, jeez! You know, you want to talk that. about hot? Oh, oh that's yeah, hot. hot and burn now. Yeah, you no, know, you can't do that. You know, that's a serious commitment. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> well. You know, to the job, kid, you mean? It's a kid making. It's a, kid, a lot of it's things. It's a kid making minimum wage, probably. <laughs> in some fucking Taco Bell in Texas. Oh boy. And, oh, you man. know, make. Uh, you know, well, they had the. <laughs> oh, Chihuahua. I'm just thinking about how much it would hurt. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, it really hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. you don't want to. You know, the thing is now you don't want to. You don't want to complain. You, you know, it's, right? we're in a world now that if you complain, you, you know, what happened to customers always right? Well, that's gone. You know, remember that in retail back, no. back in the 60s and 50s, the customer's always right. Well, nowadays, everyone has a camera and, you know, the customer is not always right. No, the customer, no. You know, so now they're getting scalding hot boiling water, <laughs> wow. which probably has, you know... <laughs> Some grease from the Taco Bell. Some, you know, burritos. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah, or, uh, it's not not going to come out good. You know what? What do they call those uh, po- box menus they have? Where you get like three tacos, a slushy, and a okay combo churro, combo meal, churro. Yeah, combo heart attack. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, it's, it's hot everywhere, and, right. and uh, uh, people are getting angry, and I, I'm trying to stay away. And it's so hot, I heard uh, that in New Jersey, and this is you know what we're, the world we're living in today, in New Jersey, a trans woman who was sent to a woman's prison impre- impregnated two inmates at the woman's prison. Sure. And now... They've sent this trans to the men's prison. Uh oh. You know, so. Uh, there's going to be a lot of backlash there. Gonna, yeah, there's going to be something going on there. But that's New Jersey, you know. So, <sighs> what do we, we care Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. You know, but uh, that's a whole thing about trans and who's this and who's what. And, you know, I, I look down at my penis and I say, well, I'm a man, right? Okay. I'm a man. Keep it simple. I'm keeping it simple. Sure. You know, I don't know anything more than that. You right, know? right. Well, you can only worry uh, about yourself. I, I mean, can you only know, worry can... about myself. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. No, I agree with that. You know, <laughs> because in fact, today I was masturbating. Okay. You know, and 
I was thinking about that trans who impregnated two women. Huh, and I really? Didn't, I didn't come on that. Well, but, you know. <laughs> just, just a, a way uh, stop, yeah, just yeah. a fleeting See, thought. Now, yeah, it was I, just don't, <laughs> I don't masturbate to porn. I, I masturbate to like the New York Times. To the news? Yeah, and the Wall Street <laughs> Journal and okay. stuff like that. Or the you the know, Post. I, I like the USA Today because their pictures are in color. You know, that okay. kind of stuff. Makes it more realistic. Yeah, but anyway... It's all good, as they say. It's hot. Everyone yes. needs some release, right? Sure, <laughs> sure. You know? What's going on with you, man? Well, uh, you know, I'm looking at the news, the local news here, and, uh, you know, we've got, got a bunch of public officials in the news. Finally, our DA, who was uh, elected... Uh, uh, just this last time around is is he's in trial is in court now. yes he's on yeah. trial finally he's, in court he's, yeah. fi he's finally in court on uh, defending yeah. himself against uh, federal uh, tax fraud charges we can get some resolution right 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 so you know he was he was elected handily uh, in spite of that uh, that sort of Damocles hanging over him of, of that uh, federal charge but uh, seems pretty confident I'm not so sure oh, I would feel that confident yeah. but. Uh, but yeah, he's been. Uh, well, so one of the one of the stations has been having gavel to gavel coverage of his <laughs> trial. Well, I, I well, the thing I didn't know about Jason is you know he he he's got a, a hot looking white wife. I, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know how hot she is, but you know, so I don't know if that's going to sway the jury in any way. Yeah, I don't know how that's yeah. going to play with the community, man. Yeah, I don't we'll, know. We'll have to, have I, to see. I never saw her during his campaign. You know, that's the thing. But people did apparently see her and stuff like that. And she seems like a nice girl. Sure, yeah. He yeah. seems like a nice guy, too, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah uh, uh, I don't, I don't well, know what people do nice. with their... Yeah, Negan yeah. seemed nice. Sure, he Jefferson was. was a nice guy. Oh, yeah. No, they're very Contrell's friendly. Contrell's <laughs> husband's a nice guy. They're all nice guys. And to, you know, they Whether they pay tax or yeah, not. not. Exactly. Right, right. Well, I they're guess all, that's part of the politics, all, right, Manny? See, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, maybe that's, I, uh, that explains your... I, don't I never win. Yeah. yeah. Right. You have to be nicer. <laughs> you be nicer. Yeah. You're going to have to be nicer. <laughs> Let's start now. We're getting to and, something here. And, yeah, che yeah, yeah. and cheat on my tax. Well, I guess you can. You don't have to, but it's an option, I guess, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, apparently, like, uh, the feds have got their case going. And uh, today's witness, uh, apparently, what I saw wasn't very effective for the uh, prosecution. He was the accountant, right? Yeah, the accountant. And he was like, they were like, eh, okay, I hope the Fed's got a better witness than this guy. That's right, what they, I heard. They were, they were saying uh, yeah. he, his, his answers were very uh, evasive and yeah. indirect. Yeah, well, like, well, three plus three is six. You know, it's <laughs> if weird. If that's what you say, sure. Just because usually the Feds, they don't, they tend to not go to, they don't like going to, they don't like losing. Right, right. They don't so they, take something to try. That's what I mean. Like a lot of times, yeah. like if there's a doubt, they just screw it and they just yeah. don't go. Yeah. So that's why I was like, when he, when it was going to go to trial in my mind, back of my mind, I was like, well, he's probably screwed. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but then again, it's like already it's, it's looking 50-50. So we'll see what in lieu have. of most of these trials, maybe, maybe the feds literally have something that they know they're going to win on and they don't care about the beginning. But and, and and I think that's why he said today that he's getting death threats. That did you hear about that? I, yeah, I did yeah, hear yeah. that. He's getting death threats. That's a, a, I see. So that's maybe from like who? Jeff Landry. Yeah. 
<laughs> from Dave Clemens of Snake and Shake. No, I have no idea who he's getting death threats from. But uh, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't. It's day four. They keep. It's like so exciting to the local. Uh, oh news. yeah, like, yeah, day yeah. Four. yeah, exactly. Day it's, four. Yeah. You know, Dick held hostage. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. Now sp- speaking of criminals, I had this in my notes a few weeks ago. And uh, and I neglected to bring it up, but uh, I saw that uh, John Hinckley was released from uh, uh, supervision. He's totally, they cut him totally loose. We didn't talk about this, did we? No, I don't remember talking about that at all. I didn't think that would ever happen. Yeah, so so they have Hinckley on. He's being interviewed uh, by a a newscaster. He's he's there and... and, you know, p- apparently they're saying, well, what are your what are your plans now? I said, well, I'm going to go back to pursuing my career as a singer songwriter, which is what I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> He's one of us. <laughs> which is what I was doing before I got, yeah. you know, I had my troubles. Before I stopped. What is Jody it with Foster? our vocation? <laughs> well, you know, it's like guys that that uh, that don't quite make it. You know, there's, there's, there's it's not a good track record. I mean, I guess most of them that don't make it don't go and on to kill people. Charles but, you Manson. Know, Charles Manson. I mean, it's a it's still a minority, but uh, That's true. yeah, yeah, Charles Manson. Uh, I was thinking of somebody else too, like like that, uh, uh, David Koresh. You know, David Koresh. He yeah, he liked his tunes. Oh yeah, well he was he fancied himself kind of a singer songwriter type, you know. But uh, so they're <laughs> so they're they're talking to uh, to to John Hinckley, and they're saying, oh, well, so now that you're out, you know, you're away for like thirty something years, yeah. and. You know, now you're had back. A lot in, of time to write tunes. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm yeah. not sure he had access to uh, to yeah. instruments during that time. You know, he's in a. He, if if you don't recall, he was found innocent uh, uh, by by a reason of insanity. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. yeah, yeah. That, that, that <laughs> pen is flying left and right, man. It's like a like a jet engine coming apart. And the pen says, "There's no place for hate." There's no place for hate. <laughs> well, I, I guess apparently there is. Somebody yeah. disagrees. Someone but, disagrees uh, with this. So, so they. So they asked Hinckley, well, uh, what do you think about the society that you've been released into? He says, it's, it seems really violent, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Good observation, John. <laughs> he said the level, of, uh, the level of violence now is shocking, which I, was, I thought that was an interesting comment from uh, uh, John Hinckley. Did anybody ask Jodie Foster what she thought? Well, they, uh, they, no. they did ask him if he was uh, planning on getting in touch with uh, any of the families or, or you know, Jody Foster. He said, no, I think they're better off uh, without my apology. You know what? But I think that's v- I, uh, good on him. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because well, that is true. I did hear that he's in production also to make uh, Taxi Driver Part 2. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he's, so he's had a lot of time to work on As long as Dan Aykroyd's yeah, in it, yeah. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, that's funny because, you know, uh, I saw an interview with Robert De Niro around 25 years ago where he said that he would love to do a Taxi Driver Part 2 because he thought it would be like what happened to Travis. Like, Travis does this, he becomes famous for 15 minutes, so what happens to Travis then? Right. And he actually was in the talks with, like, maybe Paul Schrader, who wrote the screenplay, like, doing something... But of course, it was like y- you can't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's like, no, no. You know, somebody it's like, stepped it's, in. Yeah, it's like it's, why, like, it's like Godfather Three. It's like bother? Zeppelin after John Bonham. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. It's a yeah. good move. That yeah. doesn't matter how much, how many dump trucks full of money they pull up to your door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like you can only you can only hurt your legacy. You sure. can't help it. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. The odds <laughs> of you doing any good are, are really slim. Really yeah, slim. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yes. There are very few Genesis. And there's no place for hate. There's no place for hate. <laughs> oh, there's okay. No, there you there's go. No there's no place for, for hate. Look right. at it. It's right yeah, there. It says right it on the pen. Plain yeah. as day. But, but I, I wish him works. well. I hope he does well. And uh, I think he lives out in Maryland or New Jersey or something like that. Uh, that's <laughs> Maryland, New Jersey. Yeah. Somewhere. It's yeah. close enough. Delaware. It's kind of up there. Yeah. Right. No I heard he lost some no weight. Sim, no I heard he lost some weight and stuff in prison, which is. You know, it's it's okay. Hinkley, you know, he'll go down as the guy who missed, basically. Sure, <laughs> sure. Know? It's like, did you ever hear those talks that he had that Jodie Foster recorded with him? No. While she was in, she was at Harvard going no. to school. It's very eerie. She she's like a scared, scared young woman. So that's before he uh, took Be- a shot at. Oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 stalking her. It's basically the you know one of the first before it became you know a thing stalking. But right. he was stalking her, calling her dorm room in Harvard, and she's just like you know I'm calling the police. I'm doing all this, blah blah blah. And he's he's just basically groveling over her and stuff like that. But anyway, that's enough about him because he's a good guy, you know. But, uh, well, you know, so we'll sure. see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, we wish maybe, him the best. You know, maybe he'll best. win a country Grammy. You know, okay. You know, something like that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, 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 a pr- you know, like you know, he he probably played for the inmates in prison. Well, maybe, here's you know? the thing. I feel like I mean. Brad Paisley's always up for that. <laughs> Someone's got to knock him down, right? Someone's got to knock him down. He can help him on the co, right? Come on. <laughs> well, speaking of music, okay. you know, this past weekend, uh, I had a really uh, entertaining weekend. Oh, tell yeah, us. Uh, well, because I went and saw one of my favorite bands. They played last week uh, here locally in New Orleans, uh, and they were fabulous as always. Uh, the Hanson Brothers. They're fabulous. I saw them at the Joy Theater. Really? Oh, yeah, man. And I was there. They <laughs> I had, had the, no idea, man. The bus was parked out in front, and I waited out front of the bus to talk to them and stuff, and they were very nice as always. It's all three of them? Yeah, all the three brothers. Okay. Did they yeah. do the hit? The oh, yeah, oh, they good. did that hit. And the best thing about it was, man, because I went there with my our good friend, Wadzilla. Really? Yeah, we went there. <laughs> no, man, I'm sorry. I missed out on yeah, that. Yeah, oh, man, it was fabulous. Me too. <laughs> and it was last Thursday. It was last Thursday. Yeah, last Thursday. Or and they they rocked. They rocked. And the best thing about it was, you know, I remember Hanson in the early 90s. They're playing the malls. In fact, one of the best shows I ever saw was them at Westside Pavilion in West L.A. It was fabulous. <laughs> and I was about, I'd say, 30. And every chick there was like 12, 14 years old. And now those chicks are like their late 30s and 40-year-old. Uh-huh. And they were all out there, man. Okay. So me and Wadzilla were just happy. We were in heaven, man. <laughs> It was fabulous. Okay, Hanson. Party girls of yesteryear. Yeah. I'm, well, they were 12-year-olds, you know, when, they, when Hanson <laughs> right. was huge. And uh, they were fabulous, man. They, they played all their hits. And uh, they, I just the, love the great that thing about Yeah, the great just thing about this that. is now back then when we saw them, there was no alcohol or anything. But now there was plenty of alcohol. And all their groupies from the 90s we're all mm, fucked up, all man. Up. Oh man, okay. yeah. Renee, we could get that gig. I mean, it's like, <laughs> what the fucking? Why not us? I, I mean, like, I we've you. proven, as we'll talk about later, we've proven we can learn material. Uh, I mean, we can do were, it. They were good, man. Okay, were, of course they, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you've been doing something for the look, joy theater, here's the thing: oh, if really? you've been doing so, something yeah. for that long and you're not good, that's on you. 
Yeah. Because yeah, like if you've played that many shows, you still can't play. Like it's time. It's time to. <laughs> Hang yeah. up the cleats. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I don't know how you got away with it for so long. I, I mean, you know, on the other hand, uh, you know, hats off to you. You know, if, uh, if you can't actually do it, you've been fooling people that long. Gee whiz. Well, I, you know, I, you're well, right. Well, they've recorded with some big artists um, back, especially back in the '90s and even in the early 2000s. They were a backup band for some big, big guys. Hanson. Yeah, Hanson. Yeah. Oh. Who was uh, what was that guy's name from the early '90s? Who had that big hit called "Girlfriend"? Uh, I forget his name. Anyway, they they jammed with him and stuff like that. But they were great. So I just want to shout out okay. to Hanson, the All Troubled right. Nation. All right, check well, out Hanson. Yeah, they seriously, y'all. Surprisingly, yeah. you've been missing out. You've been missing out, man. Okay. And they're grown men now. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, know? quite grown. And, yeah, they're grown men, and uh, the chicks dig that even too, you know. But me and Wadzilla had a good time. That sounds nice. Yeah. 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 Anyway, what else is going on? Well, uh, you mentioned uh, stalkers a few minutes ago, and, uh -huh. and that reminded me that uh, mine is back. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, your stalker. You've got a stalker. I have a stalker. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's uh, it's a long running stalker. It's it was she was stalking me before this podcast even started four years ago. It was one of the first bits I was bringing in. Is uh, is this? Now, what is she's still around? I, again, I, I I barely knew her. I, she lived down the street from me when I was a kid. Uh, uh, I haven't seen her in years except for one gig. She came to see my band uh, about. 12 years ago uh, when we played on the West Bank she showed up but uh, you know she takes long periods of time off and then she'll come back and sometimes send like 20 or 30 emails in a morning wow. and sometimes 10 or 15 of them are exactly identical they just come like one minute or, or sometimes 10 seconds apart but then sometimes she'll get a little bit more expansive, and that's I've 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 teed up a couple of uh, of juicy ones for oh, you. Oh, this is good. So she's like the Dennis Raider of stalkers. Uh, okay, yeah, it's an obscure. Uh, you want to tell tell everybody who Dennis Raider yeah. is? Dennis Raider was that serial killer the who would BTK? take. Yeah, he would take like an inordinate amount of time off. Right, the BTK from doing killer. It. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then, so they, so then they would lose the. They would lose the scent, the and then yeah, and then yeah, he yeah. would come back, and then they would freak out again. All right. Yeah. Well, she's uh, she, we know exactly who she is, and we know how she's doing this. It's and thankfully she doesn't ever show up anywhere. That would be concerned. It's only it's only emails. You know, she hasn't shown up at any gigs or anything. And so it's a it's strictly virtual. But it's virtual. But it's it's she's very disturbed. So I'll read this one here. I don't want to spend a lot of time. It says. <laughs> As I understand it, you need more recordings to stop you threatening the coroner on me to lock me up for a month and make me lose my job. Which, <laughs> which is the plan you and she and the cops came up with to punish me for talking about anything but my worthlessness in therapy, now that everyone but me has the files? Also, quote, Bonnie is under arrest, close quote, is about as truthful as, quote, Wendy has a restraining order, close quote. Visual evidence says otherwise. So do the cops they are friends with. <laughs> okay. Now, nice. Now, if now, what did you do to this person? <laughs> you keep saying that, man. It yeah, makes it yeah. sound like something actually happened. But how uh, do we break that you know, one down? I don't even. I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. It's uh, you know, I, I'm the victim here, Manny. It's. Uh, I understand. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to find out, like. Well, if you're the victim, why don't you call the cops? Well, because I, I you know, she's not 
doing anything. She's not actually making any threats. She's not showing up anywhere. I feel sorry for that her. That you know of. She could be here right now. You don't know. Well, now, now I, no, I have I very dark Christmas clothes. Uh, yes, true. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. mostly dudes in here. You know? Yeah, you know, we have our... Could be a dude. Oh, Is I was, this a dude, maybe? Yeah, it's not a, um, well, who knows? You know, anybody can, can open anybody a, a, can, an email yeah, account yeah. and that's put true, a name that's on true. it. You a, can, yeah, that's a very good it point. It could be one of us right here doing this to you. Yes, it could be, man. That would be very yeah. ironic. Yeah. You know? But, uh, you know, we have our, our Why bartender. Why don't you just break down and give this woman a break? <laughs> Buy her a steak dinner and call it quits, all right? Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, does she listen to the podcast? Well, wow. I don't think she knows about the podcast. I wish you know? she did. Because uh, yeah, well, maybe we should talk about I this. Mean, yeah, well, I mean, now, if she were to listen to the podcast and hear herself being talked about it that might really be fuel on the fire which i but i i, I that's why i feel s safe talking about her because all right uh, yeah you're trying not to accelerate yeah. the issue yeah 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 i don't yeah i don't want to well uh, it's never safe Renee. well it's i know i know well really yeah yeah safe. you know uh, uh speaking of safety like uh you know my, my son is in on vacation in turkey you know oh and, and, god and, and he's he's really? there having a wonderful time. I was talking to my mom. She's like, "Oh, I worry about him while he's in Turkey." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? What <laughs> he's the so hell much is he doing so in much Turkey?" I was going to say, "I was like, do you, have any, where, yeah, do you have any idea hell? where he lives?" What like, the hell became going to Turkey? Where well, in Turkey? Why do you think I never talked to my uh, parents about my home, about where right, I live? Right, right, right. Like, never. I, but, but, yeah, I heard there was things going on there. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, mom. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, Why is he in Turkey? He's, he's visiting a, a he's roommate from college. Yeah, yeah. Dude, who, I heard Turkey's who, fucking awesome. Who lives in his his friend is from Istanbul. You know? Dude, I heard that city rules. I he, heard he it's said fucking it's great. Killer. Yeah, well, it's, it's Constantinople, man. You know, it's one of the the uh, uh, original. That's uh, like the original six in like hockey. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's right. It's one of the original six. It's like Constantinople, well, like Saint Petersburg, safe. Vienna. Exactly. Yeah. You know yeah, Rome, I mean, sure, man. Paris. Right. Like we got a hand. Full of, lots them. of women there, at least. Yeah, I, you know, I don't that's know. That's the only thing that's he, good about da traveling. Daniel's, Fucking tons Daniel's of women. I got was very uh, close to the vest with all of his romantic. Also, uh, I got to say this: the way that Daniel looks and in Turkey. I just don't think he's having any problem. Fucking women. Yeah. Or just like at least being get, having attention paid to him because like he's going to stick out. Yeah, yeah. Daniel's yeah. a shiny penny for sure. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's yeah. just like I used to have people come up to me and they were just like, you got to go to the Far East. Right. And I was like, why? And they were just like, trust me. Yes, well, uh, you know, as as you maybe we should get our guest in here. Yeah, what, what do you sure. Think? Let's introduce this guy. We, yeah, we yeah, need yeah. to know your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that you know I, my my mind works in patterns or or you know breaks in patterns, and I was thinking back. I think you might be our first redhead guest. Nice. You have red hair? I do, kind of, yeah. I yeah. can't tell. Strawberry it's, it's blonde. It's kind of strawberry I mean, Renee's blonde. Renee's hair, you're getting really gray, Renee. Well, yeah, you too. Man. Yeah. But, uh, you're getting, you know who you're looking like? <laughs> I'm sure it'll be someone yeah, really flattering. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking like uh, Tommy Lee Jones as Clay Shaw in every scene of JFK. Okay. That's, That's who fair. you're looking at. That's who okay. you're looking at. I'll take at. that. I mean, All yeah. Right. All right. Well, yeah. uh, it's, uh, I haven't had a comparison yet, but I would take that one. Okay. That's fine. Okay. I'll take yeah, that one. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. That's pretty good. That's, yeah. that's, that's, uh, I could do worse, you know. I've, I've, you, you've said I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, anyway, so I'll get into to who you are, uh, guest. Uh, so this is a, a guy we actually... He's been a musician his, his whole life, as have I, but we didn't know each other as musicians initially. And so we, we, were, we knew each other as, as parents because uh, our, our, our son studied at the same uh, judo, uh, same judo uh, 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 dojo with, uh, yep. with the great sensei Hayashi. But, uh, so, but he's, in fact, a, a terrific guitar player, composer, arranger, works in a, a, a whole bunch of different musical uh, uh, environments. Uh, he's been with uh, Amanda Shaw and the Cute Guys for many, many years. Also been playing uh, on Bourbon Street, uh, doing a real uh, yeoman's job there day in and day out. And, uh, and more recently, I guess the last 10 years, he's been doing a lot of orchestral composition and getting his pieces played all over the country. So uh, anyway, without further ado, the great Mr. Tim Robertson. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. Hey, man. Thank you. What's up with you? So yes, uh, you know, you, you, when we were there in uh, Sensei Hayashi's dojo, I had the redheaded son and you had the other redheaded son. I had the son, other redheaded son. Who was about two years behind yeah. him. <laughs> and and the red sun was rising, right? Yeah, and so uh, first of all, the judo thing was great, wasn't it? And a quick shout out to so I know in in New Orleans, there's a lot of attention paid to uh, Arch Manning, who just signed with Texas. He's the number one college quarterback recruit in the U.S. And so. Even though his family might get mad, I'm going to tell a quick story about Arch. And so, when uh, Arch is younger than my son, Sasha, mm -hmm. who's younger than Renee's son, Daniel. And so, uh, Arch was always big for his age. So, they took class together. And so, they, Sensei Hayashi, stuck Arch with my son. Uh-huh. Who beat the shit out? Yes, of him Yes, ragdolled him. Just, <laughs> oh, just ragdolled him. So anyway, Fuck so the then, Mannings, no, no, man. so no, no. So I'm sitting next to Dad. I'm sitting next to Cooper. So we're sitting together, just in silence, next to each other. Cooper's the talentless one, right? No, no, no. He had his. He hurt his back, so uh, he had to quit football. He was uh, quite good. Yeah, he had like uh, a he's actually, he's actually like you know, like the the Eli and Peyton. They look ridiculous when they try to run, whereas like Cooper could really run. Like he was a receiver. He ran not like anymore. His, he ran like well, not anymore. No, but he ran like his dad. Uh, so we're for his life. So we're sitting <laughs> like, like Archie. Did. Archie used to run for his life. Yeah, yes, he to, sure man. did. Not <laughs> in college, but in the pros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for the Saints. Yeah, yeah. he was so, for his life. Yeah. The so we're sitting next to each other, and so in judo, it's called randori. It's free practice, and so they separate. And so then the next round of randori comes up, and Arch wants nothing to do with my child. So he's on the other side of the room, and his dad Cooper whistles at him. Whoop. And they make eye contact, and he points at my son again. Like, uh, you go with him again. Oh, uh, no kidding. Yep. And so then they go together again. And <laughs> so Sasha ragdolled him again. <laughs> and so that poor little kid, man, his face was so red. And it's like every time I see him now, like, he's such a big dude. Like, he's way bigger than <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> he and I laugh for so just like oh, steroids, maybe. Oh no, no, no! Uh, he's just a bigger boy. Uh, I mean, growing like, into uh, his genetics. He's just yeah, growing yeah. into his body. Like his dad's six six. Like 
you know, uh-huh. my son's not small. He's 5'11", but he ain't that guy's right, size. Right, but right, it's just right, like right. we just laugh. I was just like... Well, that's funny you bring him up because I was listening. I listen to sports talk radio all the time. And this Arch Manning, they were talking to a bunch of college experts and stuff like that. And they were saying that if it wasn't for the Manning name, he'd just be like a two or three star recruit. But hmm. since it's the Manning name, they're putting him as a four or five star recruit. That's why all these colleges wanted him. Yes, you I don't know. believe that. Well, let's we'll see what happens. I agree, but here's here's why I don't believe that. The reason I don't believe that is because those guys that do that, their entire livelihood is based around one thing. It's not graduation rate. It's not anything else. It's winning games, yeah. and they're not. You know, like, all I know is, like, some people can say that. That seems like an interesting narrative. But all I can say is, like, I watched the clip of the the dude throwing a 70-yard pass. Like, just not every... Not every kid can throw a ball like that. Well, he better, you know, they, you know, because Texas is going to join the SEC in a couple years. Sure. So they better train him well because he's going to go up against Alabama, LSU, Ole Miss. Yeah, but Alabama was recruiting him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying, like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And you know what? The thing is, if he's going to make it, he'll make it. If he won't, he won't. Like, that's how it is. The thing that's one cool thing about sports is it's merit-based. Right. Like, once you get to a certain level, like, once they start paying you to do it... They don't care what they, your they name don't, is. They don't give a shit where well, you came from. they're paying college athletes now. No, but what I mean, though, is, like, yeah, that's true, too. Exactly. No, the which whole is new wild. program. College athletes have the whole NIL thing now. Sure. You can, you can sell your image and stuff. You can. And you but what I mean is, though, is dollars be even before you go to the pros. You could, but if you don't start, then that money will dry up. Like they don't just give it away. Like Baker Mayfield was a walk-on. The reason he made it is because he's good. Sports are merit-based. Like if you're running the fifteen hundred meters at the World Championships, it's like it's a simple equation. And Baker Mayfield's a bust right. though in the NFL. Is he a bust? He's a bust. Is he? Yeah, he hasn't done shit. We'll see. All right. What do you mean we'll see? He's been in the year like three years. He hasn't done shit. He made the playoffs. They were one. They were one drive from making the Super Bowl. Who? Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they played the Chiefs in the AFC Championship two years ago. You're talking about Joe Burrow. No, two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Yeah, well, what's he done lately? They they traded him. I'm just well, they traded him. Uh, he, that's I how know, bad he is. They he, traded him. But he was right there. So, All right. He was right there. Okay, and this concludes. I don't the think sports it was the AFC Championship. <laughs> was it the AFC <laughs> Championship? <laughs> I think it was just the wild card play. It wasn't the AFC Championship. Cleveland, it was. Has, Cleveland has not gone to an AFC Championship since. Oh, fucking, must have been the round before that. Yeah, night. it was since Bernie Kosar. All right. All right. <clears throat> so get get it right. Get it together, man. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Some contentious sports talk here. Um, <laughs> well, uh, well, Tim, let's. Uh, let's Pull it back around to you. And, uh, I'm sorry. So, no, no, it's fine. So, Tim, I know you're not a, a New Orleans native. You didn't go to school here, right? Uh, no, no. Uh, wh- how, where did you grow up? So I grew up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Hmm. And then... Um, but you're not Amish, are you? No, that's Lancaster. Okay. So uh, it's not Lancaster. It's Lancaster. Well, what do they have in Bethlehem? Uh, so Bethlehem, that, that, was the, that was the second largest steel mill well, at, yeah. at one point in the world. Okay. So it was U.S. Steel in Pittsburgh, and then Bethlehem Steel was on the other side of the Isn't state. Isn't that where they shot the deer hunter? 
In no, Bethlehem. the deer hunt. No, the deer hunter is shot out west. Oh, yeah. really? The steel yeah. mills? Which yeah. The steel mills? That's was... shot out. And that, they, they shot that out west. No, no, no. Out west. Western PA. Oh, okay. They shot like it at Harrisburg or something like that. Well, uh, Harrisburg's like central, uh, so they shot it west of there. Okay. They're supposed to be from the Pittsburgh area, like Newcastle and uh, all okay. that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm from Eastern PA. Okay. And so my grandfather was an executive at Bethlehem Steel, and my other grandfather worked in the mill. Okay. So, so my mother. Sides, uh, yeah. So my mother is from one side of the okay. tracks, and my father is from the other. All right, so it was kind of a Romeo Juliet situation. Yeah, that's right. Well, no, my dad went to Vietnam, oh, and then came back and didn't know what to do with himself because he, he, he played was, Russian roulette. He was no, because <laughs> he was confused, and so he went initially to work for Bethlehem Steel, and my mother worked as an escort. In those days, that they had escorts that would ride the elevators for the executives, hmm. so they basically put pretty girls. In the elevator. And what happened to in take, those elevators? To take you up to, oh, I mean, I don't want to know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I really don't want to know. Sure. I mean, We're stuck like, between floors. What's yeah, we happen? can all we can all surmise of the era. Yeah. But so my father, I guess, met. So they met there, even though my father ended up not working for Bethlehem Steel. Okay, so you, you're growing up there in, in Bethlehem. You're yep. playing music at that nope. time? I was. I took piano lessons as a child, and then athletics was much more important. Uh, well, I heard that, and, and, and you were quite a, a runner yourself, Yeah, I was right? a high school running star, and then I actually, I ran in college. I got, I, it got me, it helped me get to college. I went to Duke University, and Running helped immensely in terms of my admission. But you were playing music by the time you got to Duke, huh? Mm, just sort of starting. I was really? very late. Star. I really started very late. I got interested in guitar my senior year in high school. Huh. And then, as is my personality type, you know, I, when I find something I like, I've, you know, I you really, really... Bear down yeah, on it? Yeah, I really bear down on it. So <laughs> That's it like, like me. Yeah. I do that too. Like with heroin, I do the same thing. <laughs> I bear down on it, man. You know. I, sure. Yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, yeah, I mean, like Porno, I. Porno, all that stuff. Right. I, I. It's not so much that I loved running as much as. You I hated loved, school. Uh, no, I love to win. Oh, okay. okay. So when I started to win at running. Then I worked on running because okay. I was like, well, I win. I love now, to win. Duke, I loved winning. Is Duke a good track and field? Uh, no, it's a Division One school, but yeah. it's it lesser. I, I would not have been, like, I was not heavily recruited by the big-time schools. Mm -hmm. But I set the independent school state record in Pennsylvania my senior year. And then that once that happened... It really loosened the process of... So I was recruited by four schools, which was Brown, University of Pennsylvania, Wake Forest, and Duke. And then once I... You know, and then I went and visited all four schools, and I, to me, Duke looked the most fun. So I went there. Okay. I almost went to Brown, because I thought Brown looked fun, too. Yeah. I didn't want to go to, to Penn, because um, it seemed like Philadelphia was so big that... Penn didn't matter. And so 
and it was very close to home, and I was I kind of wanted to go away from home. Now, what the hell is Wake Forest? What does that mean? Wake Forest? I don't really know. What the hell does that mean, Wake Forest? I don't know. It yeah. is very well, nice. That wasn't a fun school, but it was though. well. It was on the Billy Graham Parkway, and I, oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, as soon as yeah, as yeah. soon as we went in on the Billy Graham Parkway, yeah, I was yeah. literally like, "Mom, yeah, let's you, turn you around." Like, yeah, yeah. Track and, field and that was the coach I liked the best. Oh, okay, oh, really? Yeah, because he 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 understood my personality type. Like the second he met me, yeah. like he immediately challenged me, and I, immediately I was just like, "Oh yeah, yeah," like, "Oh yeah." Whereas. But Duke looked the most fun, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go here. Where is Wake Forest again? It is Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yeah, okay. So it's about an hour and 45 minutes so from where I So you're smoking lots of cigarettes there, probably. <laughs> yeah. You, know. you probably could. I mean. Tough, yeah. Now, I, I had a buddy of mine who was a pretty good runner at my high school track team back in the early 80s. And... Um, Throwing up after a race was kind of common. Is that was that common for not you? for me? No, no but I never of, vomited runners, after a race. A lot of runners do throw up. They after. do. I, I've dry heaved. I've gotten yeah. that feeling like I might do it. Yeah, but never so much. No, okay. I always tried, especially if I won. Because he's smoking, right? <laughs> it calms if, the st- calms the stomach. Sometimes. If I won, I always tried to make it look like. I was as relaxed as possible. Right. No matter how much lying was involved with that, you know. Sure, no matter sure. how much I actually wanted to die, I always tried to make it look like like keep it smooth, like it was no big deal. Nice, well, but it, it always was big, a big though? deal. Did you have big ambitions about your running? What did you mm-hmm. run? Like hundred? I ran meters? no, I ran eight hundred the fit, the mile, uh-huh. and I ran cross country. Oh, okay. And so, no, I think my freshman year in college, You're, I ran in a race uh-huh. where at from the University of Virginia, the guy's name was Paul Ehring, and the year before he won the gold medal at the Seoul Olympics. Oh my goodness! And so, when I ran in a race with him, yeah, it kind of put it all in perspective about where it was going to end for me. Okay, on the world <laughs> stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I wasn't yeah. going to make it close to you know, as good as I was, and I was good, but. Not like that. No, yeah. So yeah. you weren't going to be Carl Lewis or anybody. Like no, that. I was not. No, I, I really wasn't. Guy. And I, I feel like I understood that then, and that's I think that's when the pivot to music really started for okay, me. Okay, so so you were already interested in guitar, were you? And you figured you were able to put that work ethic that you developed uh, on the track and field into uh, working on the on the guitar. I did. I I think I wasted a lot of time in those years just because I didn't really know how to practice. I know you can appreciate that, like knowing. how how to practice to get the most out of what you're doing. Now, were you studying with someone? Uh, no, I just I decided to major in music, and I was I I, I took a, a f- the freshman music theory class, and then I got in there, and this guy walks in, and he it's sits. Coach K. No, it was his <laughs> name was Robert Hill, very famous harpsichord player. So he sits down at the piano. He doesn't say anything. He just sits down in front of the class. And then he played piano. He played in a way that I I had never seen anyone that good from that distance. Mm -hmm. And then he turns around to the class and he's just like, well, why does it work? Why does it fit together? And so everyone's like silent. And he goes, music theory. Like that. And he goes, somebody sing me a melody. Something popular. And then somebody was just like the Star Trek theme. And he's like, perfect. And then he's like, sing me the melody. 
And then somebody sang the melody out, and then he wrote it out on staff, like in real time. And then mm. I was hooked. I yeah. was like, I cannot believe that you can that process it. Somebody all. can do that. Uh-huh. Like he can tell you to sing it, and then he can be like, and then and then he explained how the beginning of the piece it's uh it's a minor seventh and mm. unstable interval and then he's like because we're searching for something and then the second half of the melody is an octave like we've gotten somewhere and he was like that's music theory like manipulating a story and i was just i just but okay yeah i mean to this day like i like that gets me off. Like I, I think that's, I just think that's fascinating. Yeah. Like I, could, I was overwhelmed by the experience. It's crazy how you know one teacher telling you uh, one thing can ignite a spark in you. That. Yeah. Uh, so I failed the entrance. Like thing. Hinkley's teacher in high yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can do big things, man. Yeah. Big things. Yeah. Big things oh, with try film. To kill the president. <laughs> Well, you don't yeah. you don't tell somebody that you just you just give them the tools yeah. to to pursue their dreams. Have you, you seen know? that movie Taxi Driver, John? <laughs> Why don't we go see it together? <laughs> I'll buy the popcorn. <laughs> you like it buttered? I like it buttered. A little salt. So, do you mind sharing? All right. Do you mind sharing? So, so Tim, uh, you, you're you're there at Duke. You you pour yourself into uh, into learning the guitar, learning music. Uh, how do you get to New Orleans from Duke? So by the time I leave Duke, like I'm in a band. It's a shitty band. I don't realize it's shitty at the time. And like you I really, y'all were good. Yeah, I okay. really feel like because we were popular. Oh, okay. Um, I, but I feel like I'm like right on the cusp of like unlocking it all, like greatness. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like I really feel like I'm right on the cusp, and right? so. I have friends of mine that I know from Pennsylvania and Penn State. And so one of the guys' names is Mark DeFlorio, uh, who used to play in Three Now Four and Quintology and bands like that. So right. he had moved here. And then a guy, another guy, his name was Benji. He played in like Blood and Grits and... And he played with Lenny McDaniel. and, and he's, okay, So they had already lived here. Mm-hmm. And I just remember talking to them, and they were like, you got to you gotta come here. And so I went around the U.S. with a girlfriend. And we came through New Orleans in the middle of summer. I went to the old rock and roll jam. At the, and Mike Sklar was running it, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. And I had my guitar. And when I went to tune up, I tuned up to E flat by accident. And then they asked me, like, what do you want? You know, Sklar's got the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He's like, what do you want to play? And I was like, oh, whatever you guys want, which now I know that's the last thing they want to hear. Sure. They, Pick a tune, Sklar's trying to get, also, he wants me to sing. He wants to get off stage. Uh-huh, and right. now I know. But I don't know. That I was like, what do you guys want? Uh-huh. And then he's just like, oh. Blues and G, you take 12 off top. Uh-huh. So they kick the song in, and I come in like guns a blazing, a half step out, and they <laughs> kick me off stage immediately. <laughs> so as I'm walking off stage with my guitar, I said in my own mind, I'm laughing. 
because I was like, this is so funny. Yeah. And I walk off stage, and I was like, I'm moving here. Yeah. <laughs> you set a low bar already. Yep. And then I said, I'm coming here. And so then I moved here, and then I, you know, it was a long process, you know, in the sense of like. Did your girlfriend move here too? She did, and then she went back home. Okay. She wised up. She did wise she, up. Uh, she was smart. Aileen, you were smart. Well, you know, uh, Manny, I'm, I'm, I like this. Uh, this may be a good break in the story here okay, to, uh, sure. to uh, refresh our cocktails. Yeah, what do you uh, think? Uh, yeah, uh, we'll be, uh, the nation knows the drill, man. We'll be right back. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman. Back with our guest, Mr. Tim Robertson. Now, Tim, I know you've heard some of these podcasts. Probably not uh, near enough, but uh, you know, there's always plenty of time in the future to uh, to rectify that. And uh, as as those that have listened to more podcasts than you have are well familiar with, uh, you know, we, we've we're, we're currently sponsored by our original sponsor, which is Loose Change. Yes. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the loose change, but now once we remind you, you know, loose change is everywhere, right, Manny? Yes. And you know what? To tell you the truth, it's the only change I like. It's a loose change. <laughs> I hate change. Sure. I hate all sorts of change. People say, oh, you need to change. Why do I need to change? I don't need to change. But I do like loose change. There you go. You know, and, loose uh, changes everywhere. It's yep. in your cushion, couch cushions. It's probably you probably have a bowl of it somewhere, like on your mantle. You know, a bowl of loose change where you sure. put your nickels. I and actually dimes. just turned in all of the loose change I could find at my house, and I wound up. Uh, you know, I went to the one of those coin star things in the right. grocery store. Wound up uh, having two hundred and seventy-five dollars. <laughs> In loose change. Oh, that's nice. So, so uh, troubled nation. Uh, you know, this is where we we appeal to you to support the podcast, and uh, you know, we, that's a lot of fentanyl, Renee. It's a lot of fentanyl, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. still, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still yeah. fentanyl still costs money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It costs it's, it's, money. It's, 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 they don't. They're not giving that stuff away, man. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you know, we we do have the the PayPal link and the Venmo link in uh, in in the show notes of every show, as well as on the Facebook page there. And and so you know, you can uh, support the podcast. Uh, you know, buy us a round of drinks, uh, or you know, we we do have the Patreon page there if you want to support us week in and week out. 
And, uh, you know, other housekeeping notes, uh, you know, uh, follow us on social media. Right, right, Tim? Uh, oh, yeah. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. And, and uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. You know, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Again, I always say we, you can uh, give us five stars. You can say, fuck Manny and Renee, five stars. We like, five stars. We like that kind of re- yeah. review. And, uh, you know, we do have the, the Troubled Men podcast t-shirts. Uh, uh you know, yeah. Occasionally, uh-huh. some some guests will buy the T-shirt and take a photograph of themselves and send it in to me. I'm a, I'm going to start posting those soon. Uh, you know, with uh, just just to let our, our uh, the the troubled nation uh, model those the, that that uh, troubled men's wear for y'all. Now, and, do we have? Are we advertising these T-shirts? Uh, where do, where can we see what they look like? Uh, well, if you go to the, I think it's a bonfires, the company, and that link is again in in the show notes. Yeah, they're hot chicks wearing these shirts. I, I think you can see if you if you look on the the women's shirt. I think there's a woman modeling it. Yeah, it's been a while since I went to it, but yeah, I think that that there, it's because we need hot chicks, man, for this podcast. I understand. Okay, you know, modeling these shirts, man. Okay, well, yeah, I think they have a, a you know, are hot s- chicks s- looking for loose chains? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in my pocket. Hot change, looking for loose checks. Yeah, you know, this can can uh, do this one of several ways. Yeah. Well, uh, so yes, uh, you know, take advantage of all those, and let's keep uh, the Troubled Men podcast on the road here. And so uh, back to our guest, Mr. Tim Robertson. Now, Tim, when last we left you, you were in New Orleans. You were, uh, you know, realizing you'd set the bar very low by by going up to a blues jam and and uh, playing a half uh, half step off, a bold yes. move. But oh, jeez, uh, oh, <laughs> I only uh, wish it was intentional. Right, right. Well, you well, know, some sometimes, you know. Uh, you know, things happen. You, you, you think they're by accident, but are there really any accidents? No. Are there really any coincidences? Somehow, this leads you to uh, you, so so. You have these several careers. You know, you have the the career with uh, Amanda Shaw. Uh, you know, yes, that came. So yeah, so when I first got here, I just took. I did what lots of people do. I took every gig. Oh, okay. Uh, everything. Say heroin, like. Uh, no, 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 no. I took every gig. I took everything that came my way. Sure. And at some point, uh, Mike Darby. Oh wow. Uh, from Irene and the Mikes, he saw me play over the course of an evening and decided that he would was leaving town. No, no. <laughs> he decided he he was gonna hire me for his band. So he invited me over to his house for a rehearsal. So you're, you're plucked into obscurity. <sighs> so when I went over to the rehearsal, the rehearsal was at five. When I got there, only half the band was there. It was just myself and Darby and one of his friends from the night before. And <laughs> I ended up in his band. And through that band, you know, like every time Darby would get a money gig... He would hire June, Alex McMurray, Carlo, Teresa, Irene, Sage, uh, Boo Lacrosse. So it would be like he had his band, but then when he had a, a gig that he held in high esteem, then he would hire all of them on top of it. Okay. But then I 
already, even at that point, I got into the mode of I liked learning. So Anders was another one who was in on that. Mm, okay. But I liked learning songs. Mm-hmm. So I would learn, we'd have these stupid haphazard re- rehearsals where almost nothing would get done. Any song that was brought up, I would learn. And so what started happening at these all-star gigs is I would be the only person who wouldn't leave stage. Okay. Because I knew all the songs. Again, that work ethic from uh, track and field. Track and field, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. Like, no, not to afraid to feel a little pain. Right. <laughs> you know? And so from there, and that, you know, that didn't resonate with everyone, but it did resonate with, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like, sure. it did. Right. People st- notice that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I started to kind of like, kind of elbow my way into to certain things and then well you know just to digress as you're as you're telling that story um to jump forward uh the, the last time we played together was uh this this david bowie tribute that carlo nuccio our good friend organized and you know it was like three hours of bowie music there was i don't know how many people were playing in in a 25 30 people cycling in and out you were the only person who stayed on stage the entire time played every song with no charts at all you knew every true you knew every second of and you played a lot of the solos like a lot of those uh you know mick ronson stuff yeah yeah so the way that happened is from what i understand is that he had had a there were many other guitar players involved that had committed to it and i think as the date got closer people were dropping out Mm -hmm. and so i think carlo who ran it was starting to panic and so somebody gave him my name and so he called me on the phone one night and said can you be mick ronson and i was like i thought about it and i was like okay that's hunky dory Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane. It's three albums. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah, no problem. Okay. So he, they, 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 there was this whole professional spreadsheet they sent right. to me, you know, this whole deal. And I looked at it and I was like, okay. Uh, I looked at all the material. I was like, I have 18 songs. I was like, three weeks, 18 songs. I was like, okay. I was like, I can do that. No problem. So I look at it. So then as we get closer, I just... You know, you, some of these songs, like, there's so many guitar parts. I'm starting to wonder. And there's, like, seven names. You know, it's uh-huh. John Full, Jeff Treffinger, and all these names. And I was just like, there's going to be all this fighting over material. And I was just like, I just wanted some clarity. So I called Car- <laughs> Carlo on the phone. And I was like, I just want to know what my role is. And then at some point, he just blurts out, I got nobody. Uh, it's all you. It's all you. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I just hung the phone up. And then I turned around and I learned every part in every song. Crazy. That's man. all I did. Crazy. My family will tell you about it. I literally sat down. I just, I just did it day in, day out. But when we got to rehearsals, the cool thing is all the other instruments had a bunch of people. And like, to my knowledge... Mostly, everyone else kind of had their shit together. So it was like, uh, I just kind of figured it out early on in that process. So I was just like, oh, okay. I'll just run this little part, and then the rest of it, you know, will come together. I, I will say about that, like, 
that experience was one of the most fulfilling, like that was one of the most fun things I think I ever did in my career. Like yeah. that gig was so fun. Like it came off the, 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 the there were so few things that went wrong right. musically in that gig. And I'm just saying for what it was and the detail we gave to it, I just like yeah. if I if I ever do something like that again, if it could be near as good as that experience was, like I found myself missing the process once it was over. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed how well I just felt like how well we all worked together. Yeah, yeah. No, it it was it was a glorious undertaking. It was sure, really man. great. And it was it was my first time playing with Renee. Like we never played together ever. Like, I watched him play. It's funny. I saw Renee play before I moved to New Orleans. Really? At the North Star in Philadelphia, which is near. Oh, which yeah, is yeah. Near, yep. Yeah, we played there many times. Yeah, you did. And so I had friends that were huge fan of this band, the Iguanas. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he was like, you got to come with us. And so I hopped in the car and drove to Philly from where I was from and saw the Iguanas at the North Star like before I moved here, so before December of 1995. Oh, so right how on. do you meet Amanda? Uh, what's her name, Amanda Shaw? Amanda Shaw, so yeah, I got... I got a thing for her, man. Yeah, yeah. It's lots yeah. of people. Yeah. No, so... And she's a fiddle player, right? Yep. So I got contacted by the drummer, Mike Barris, about... Shout out to Mike Barris. Shout out. Come on, Mike Barris. So... <laughs> I got a... a he it was sort of a weird thing. I think he sensed that the guitar player was going to leave. So he was trying to gauge my interest in the gig. And at the time, I was really busy, and I was just like, I don't need this. Doing Now, busy doing what at that time? Just, I, I, I was, or I was I've, I've worked Bourbon Street for years and years. Because, which, now, I didn't realize You were this, a pimp. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and and a, and a prostitute at different times, but also a guitar player and a lot of a lot of. So I didn't realize like Rod Hodges from the Iguanas. Well, we were talking about you, and he goes, you know, Tim has an an encyclopedic knowledge of pop music and and like uh, pop metal. Like, uh, you know, all true. this he knows every guitar solo from every one of those songs. Every guitar part the correct way to play i'm like really how does he fucking know that that is how true. do you fucking know that it is, is because it's because of the repetition of of there and the thing is is at some point early on what happened was when i first worked on bourbon street i would not learn other people's stuff and then older dudes would be like just play the part it's less work yeah. Just play the part. It's less work. And I, at first, I didn't listen. And then after a while, I was like, as soon as I started taking that advice, I was like, it's less work. It's hard to improvise every night, like to come up with something new. That's actually very difficult mentally. And to make it work, if, especially yeah. if you're trying to make it exactly. up. And, you know, you have Over to... something iconic that right. like already exists. Right. And I, so then that started my whole thing about like... Really just, I just, I started getting really good at learning and hearing it. And then I just like, that's just, you know, I have a process. Like, you know, it's just like, for me to learn something, it's like, 
I, for a week, I just listened to it in the background, mm-hmm. you know, where I just let it play, and then we would just hang out, mm-hmm. have a drink, and just let it play, like no active listening. Right. And then the next week, I would listen to specifically what my role is. Mm-hmm. And then that third week is where you put the instrument in your hands okay. and then play the part that you know. And then if you really have enough time, then I'll maybe not learn to play it, but I'll stop listening to my part and start listening to your part and your part and your part. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you never get lost. Right. Like if you really understand what's going on around you, it's like even if you have a moment where you're just like, your brain just because it happens to all of us where you're just like, oh. yeah, yeah, lose focus. But it's like or- if I know what you're supposed to do, then I hear what you're supposed to do, and then I'll you know where you're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I'll just be right. supposed to be bearings, there. Right, yeah. Right. So okay, so you had this this uh, again. It's a, an extraordinary level of uh, attention to detail and and uh, three weeks. Okay. Right. If I have three weeks, I feel like I can learn. An inordinate amount of material. If I have so that's that what much you had with Amanda Shaw. So yeah, get no, no, I audition. What yeah. happened is first I turned it down, and then it came up later, and I auditioned. Uh-huh. They sent me four songs. Uh-huh. I walked in, I played the four songs, uh-huh. and she called me two hours later and yeah. said, "If you want it, the gig's yours." Yeah. And when and was that? That was, I could tell by her age. That was twelve years ago now. Wow. So now, and now I would never quit that band. Yeah. I love I, I I love working with her. I like the band and, and all. And how old is she now? She's thirty one. Man, she started really? so young. Yeah. I know she started <laughs> eight. Yeah. You think we can get her on this show? She said she would come on. I ran into her at uh, a Lynn Drury. Uh, if gig, she said and, she would and, come and on, she then said, she would. She said, "Yeah, absolutely." I've had a thing for her since for a long time. No, I'll, I'll get her on. You just gotta, you just gotta promise to, uh, you know, be a gentleman around her. Well, no, chicks dig me. She's oh, sure, dig sure. Me, man. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. No, yeah. no, I, I will reach out to her. You know, I'll, and and yeah, now well, I will be able to tell her I've that. Told uh, you this for the last I've already two been years, on. and you haven't reached out to her yet. I have, Manny. I have. And what did she say? Well, she said yes. I'm saying. So when did she say yes? A few months ago, when I spoke oh, to her about okay. it. Okay. So we're, you know, everything in its time. You know, we're. That's it's, right. It's, it's, it's all going to work. I'll tell you out. what. When I see her this weekend, I'll tell. You're going to see her I'll, this weekend. Yeah, I'll bridge that gap. See, there you go. Where are you going to see her this weekend? We're we got to play in Nagadish. I think she's being inducted into the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame. I think she's and only thirty-one years old. She's been inducted to a Hall of Fame. Well, yeah, I mean, she's been she's, doing it over twenty been, years. She's been doing it for over twenty it's years. A, it's a slow weekend in Nagadish. Well, I guess. well, I mean, have you seen what <laughs> month it is? And 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 I got to say. Uh, uh, the only time I played with Amanda was I backed her up on this Family Graw thing where they had a whole bunch of different oh, artists. Okay, uh, right. Uh, right before lockdown, I think, the Mardi Gras before that anyway. And, man, she is such a consummate professional. You know, I love it when you're on stage with somebody and they're playing with a band that they don't know. You know, it's not their band, but they're, they know exactly how to cue you as to what they want. You know, they'll sh- they'll flash a little signal behind their back that the audience can't see all the time. Uh, you know, car- doing the show and you, yep. as, as a as as a bass player playing behind somebody like that. Like I fucking love this yep. man. This is showbiz. Yep. Uh, showbiz and the other gold. thing about her that I love <laughs> because, like you and I, again, we've both we've worked with all kinds of band leaders. If something goes wrong, 
she never ever gives out the glare. Yeah. Ever. Doesn't turn she around. She will not turn around. Right. She right. will not turn around. If something yes. goes wrong, we could discuss this afterwards. Sure. But what, where we're not dealing with it is right now. Because guess what? That's never the time. To it's showtime. It. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. showtime. We're putting a show on. Here's the thing. They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> Unless you tell them, right? Unless you tell them. Right. Which is why I tell singers on Bourbon Street for the last 22 years, like, don't apologize. We, we don't have anything to apologize oh, for. God, that drives Do not crazy. apologize to the audience. Who are they? What are you talking about? Oh, the, and, drives and, me out of my mind. And this conceit that, that some people will have where it's like, uh, oh, we're not very good. Oh, you know, we're just cut. That drives me insane. Drives like, me insane. No, I, I'm quite maybe, good. Maybe yeah, you're not yeah, very no, good. Please don't speak don't, for me. Don't speak for me. I was just like, <laughs> I, you, I've been here on three hours notice. Don't tell me. What, you know, and the other thing is, too, is like, or I, I've had a singer do, do the thing with like, well, if we had it together, it would have sounded better. It's just like, oh, no, oh. no, no. Yeah, no, no. Anyway, so so anyway, Amanda's the sorry. consummate professional. Consummate and, professional. And, uh, so 12 years, man, that's... Uh, I know. I can't believe it sometimes. So, because like you, to, to be in one band for a long time, I, I just don't think the average person realizes like... That's extraordinary. And particularly working for a leader who, you know, it's you have a band, it's kind of stable, you know, you have a certain equilibrium among the band members, you know, that but a leader who, you know, you serve at their ple- at their pleasure. They That's could, right. they could your the job could end tonight. Tonight. And yeah, there's they could no go guarantees. With, right. But uh, you know, obviously she she likes the band and and you know she feels comfortable with everybody and and she's someone who's a reasonable person you know who's, who's very not, much not, so uh, very much so yeah well, well that is that is rare in the music business. it really is which is again you know as i told my dad one time i was just like i was like i would never quit that why would i quit that band you know i was just right. like there's nothing to there's nothing to dislike about it. Right. And you know? she, she's so appealing. She winds up in all these, uh, you know, high profile things like like. So she she did this. Uh, she wound up on the uh, uh, Dick Clark's uh, New Year's Rockin' Eve. The New Year's. Thing. Were you on that? I was. The, the whole band with was Usher <laughs> and uh, Sheryl Crow. You well, know what I learned about Sheryl Crow? Well, tell me. She must be cool because her band was. They were very nice, and they were just very at ease and very comfortable. Like, you could just tell, like, they had had the gig for a while, and it was like... She's a good leader. Yeah, you could just tell, like, they were very... Usher, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Nice to his, like, super backup dancers. Like, I always say, like... Like, I, I was on a bill with Santana once, and, like, I watched how nice he was to like the volunteer food help mm-hmm. and i was just like okay that's the way like, to be yeah man. it's like you're you're a nice guy like he he wasn't like he wasn't lording it over anybody he was just one of the people just going through the line with his tray right like very humble yeah i was like that's that's cool yeah man. you know learn a lot from uh, yep. this kind steve of winwood who had his own band no musical director yeah. No MD. Who? Steve Winwood. That uh, was a band. They they set up in a circle. 
I hung out with his band all day. I had no idea they were his band yeah. until I saw him on stage. And I was like, oh, my God, I <laughs> like, spent all day oh, with those guys. Oh, we got to go work, man. Oh, I know. We'll see you, we'll see you later. I know. Like, oh, what Steve you was do? protecting his voice. Steve. He didn't want to talk to too many right. people. I get it. Yeah. You know, he wasn't being a diva. Yeah. But well, the other I, dudes I, were just I, I, like. I don't want to bring up Steve Winwood because Renee will call me on you know on it. But uh, I saw him once, and it, it was one of the most boring shows I've ever saw. Nice. <laughs> you know? That's good. Yeah, it was so boring. He was, you know, give me some loving. Yeah, he was asking for loving, but he wasn't getting much because it was a boring show. Nice. I like that he did a boring show. Yeah. I bet, I mean, you figure how many shows has he done? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, everyone has a they bad, can't, uh, off they night. Can't, you know, they can't all you've be You've had an off night, right? Yes, I sure. have. Yeah, you've had an off night. Sure, yeah, no, 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 I have. no, by the nature of things, every yeah. night can't be your best night. That's right. what I always say. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's like one of them is going to be your worst night, right? <laughs> well, no, which is what I think is funny, though, about yeah. concert goers. It's like if they saw a band on a night that they sucked, yeah. then to them, that band sucks. And it's just like, wow. Well, now here's an interesting thing. Like on a night where you as somebody in the band thinks it sucks and you walk out and a friend of yours go, who's seen the band a million times say, one of the best times I've ever seen the band. Y'all sounded better than ever. Now, isn't that, that happens, right? Yes, it does. It's very interesting. Never correct them. That's right. Now, that's, that's, that's again, never, a showbiz axiom. Never tell them they were wrong. Never tell them they were wrong. If because they said they you weren't. were good and you weren't, you fucking agree. Because they are not wrong. They're not wrong. you, as the person on stage, might have the worst uh, perspective of anyone. Because, man, you can r- relate to this. What? Sometimes, like a... Uh, a show where shit is going wrong on stage and people are there's there's like acrimony that can be an exciting performance as as a an audience member you know it's like that, that could be something thrilling then people would think that's a great gig and people on stage weren't enjoying it but or again their opinion doesn't matter you know well, yeah, they paid, and you're getting paid, so who gives a fuck? Well, no, I'm saying the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the, experience, no, is, about the experience is different. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems that way, but it's never that way. No one is actually that way. Like, at the end of the day, yes, you got paid, so that feels good, but no one likes to feel like they did badly. Sure, sure. Nobody does. Like, you accept it, but no one likes it. But I, I'm, I'm just talking about uh, how, you know, the the... The experience can be different. The same experience can can be to, to uh, different people. To, Absolutely, right, right. People Absolutely. in the audience, and really, well, it depends on the drugs and alcohol. Well, that's too. that's true. Yeah. That's well. part of it too. That's, yeah. sure, no, sure. that's yeah. that. You're 100 percent right. Either, either that's with part the, of it with true. The audience or the musicians themselves. Sure, sure. both. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all yeah. no. I mean, well, I think John Light and Johnny Rotten had the best line ever after their last Sex Pistols show ever. He said. You ever get the feeling you've been cheated? <laughs> sure. You know, because they were playing Winterland in San Francisco, and Sid was so fucked up, and so mm-hmm. was... He uh, wasn't even plugged in. Yeah, right, he wasn't right, even plugged right. in. The guitar player was on heroin, too. And Oh, Steve and, Jones. Yeah, yeah. Steve yeah. Jones. And they, they had a 15-minute set. A 15-minute right. set. And Johnny Rotten says, You ever get the feeling you've been cheated? They walk off stage, you know. That's it. It, But I mean, haven't you had the experience in both ways where you remembered it being great, 
and then you heard a tape of it and you were like, oh, not quite as good. Or the flip side where you're like, I remember it not being good. And then you hear the tape and you're like, oh, it's very compelling. Not so bad at all. Like for sure. It really does. It is a strange phenomenon where it's like your perception is your perception. Right. It's not reality. It's not it's, it's not, not everyone's reality. It's, it's no, not it's not everyone's reality. It's not a universal. We're like Entwistle, constantly bitch about the way that the Who shit would get mixed because he felt like the, they were always mixing the bass Damn. down, and he was just like, when am I ever going to get a proper mix of, of my performance? You know, and I mean, it was a bone, that was a bone of contention for like years. Yeah, you know where he was just. But he was like, always pretty loud, right? I, mean, I know was, there was never. But he still, he <laughs> in his mind, he was just like, "Why am I always the one who's uh, being shortchanged?" Uh, oh, brother, because he's the bass player. <laughs> Moving on, so you, so you, so you have you, so now you're 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 not cycling through these different careers; you're just adding to them because you're still playing. Uh, you're on Bourbon Street, yep. still playing all these gigs. In fact, today uh, I was texting with you, and you said I'm at at, at my job, I'm at work, right now. yeah, I'm at work. And I thought, oh, has, does uh, Tim have like a, 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 you know, he's working as a computer programmer or something? You said no, I'm at the uh, later tonight. I'm at the famous store, yeah, the famous store. The, 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 <laughs> Bourbon Street is my day job. Sure, yeah. sure, oh, okay. A classic. You feel Which safe good, there? A, you feel safe there? I'm just, yeah, I'm. I, I'm very comfortable there. I'm a and I'm a song learner, so it's like the reason I'm good at learning songs because I'm constantly learning. You know, I constantly that, that learn songs. That muscle is always exercised. I'm always. So so you have that going. You have the Amanda Shaw gig. Now, uh, getting to the, the, the final leg of the stool, I don't know if the final, but an additional leg of the stool of your, of your musical career, um, Katrina happens, we're all evacuated, you're up in New York, you decide to study composition. I do, yeah. So I majored in music in college, so I had a cursory knowledge of all of that, and I had started listening to that music as my the music that I listened to. So I started listening to... Like modern... Uh, mostly music? mostly 20th century okay. music. So mostly Stravinsky, Shostakovich, you know, Prokofiev and Schoenberg and Webern and mm. still Beethoven and, and but just like very much that was what I listened to for enjoyment. And so I felt really rudderless you know, during Katrina, I was just, my wife was working, I was raising my son, and I was just, you know, I needed something to do. So I, I got on a search engine of uh, composition teachers, and I went through a, over a hundred of them, and I finally found a guy who had his music played in public. <laughs> so I emailed him. And I saved this email because when he emailed me back, he was very discouraging to me. And then I basically emailed him back and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. You know, and then I told him, oh, I'm from, I told him that I'm exiled, basically, from New Orleans. Right, pulled out the Katrina card. Yeah, so I pulled the card and then he was like, okay, I'll meet with you. Uh And he goes, I'll meet with you for my fee. 
And he goes, if I decide to take you as a student, okay. But if I don't, I'll find, I promise I'll find you someone. Oh, that's cool. I was like, okay, deal. So we met and I was older and he asked me to describe myself as a musician. And then I did. And then he was like, do you have any music? And then I did. And I played it for him. And then he just said, basically like, you're the first person I've ever asked what they sound like. And then when I, they played it, it sounded like what they said. Like the like description? I, yeah, like <laughs> I didn't tell him what I wanted to be. I just told him, he was like, well, who are you? I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm irreverent. You know, I like humor, but, you know, I like to hide the intellectual side of it, you know, like that kind of thing. And then, so he was like, okay, I'll take you. Nice. So I studied under him, and, and then what's he, his name? His name was Darren Hagen. Okay. In that world, he's quite big. Shout out to Darren Hagen. <sighs> Come on. So he got me. He opened a lot of doors for me. You know what I mean? Like he got me into competitions, and wow. he got me into performances. Like he got me. He 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 really because of who he was. Like he really bridged that gap and so like i got real time like feedback like where it's like i really didn't know what i was doing and i entered these things and i i I, we had this one competition where you wrote your piece and then the, the players got to like dress you down about what you did wrong like all kinds of crazy stuff. So I had a super funny uh, exchange where I wrote a tuba glissando, like, you know, which is like, if you live here, you've heard it a million times. Right. Well, I wrote one in my piece. And the tuba player from out there in Yakima, Washington, raised his hand and was like, Mr. Robertson, this figure you wrote is not possible on the instrument and I stood there and I took it Uh like I knew he was not right but I just stood there because I understood again like I wasn't 21 like by the time I did this I was almost 40 so I just stood there and listened to it but it was you know because it was just like you think it's not possible but it's like where I live, it is possible. So it was just it was just funny how like I wrote something in to my music that I heard here and Right, it was outside know, of his it was experience. Out, but it was outside but, uh, of his experience. So it was like no nobody uh, nobody writes like in there. All right, know. Tim. See, see, they they said uh, at the time of Katrina, like the 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 silver lining was like, well, this uh, this uh, New Orleans uh, diaspora of musicians is going to go out. They're going to carry the uh, the the message out to the the rest of the hinterlands. And for the to the for the most part, that didn't happen because as soon as they opened New Orleans back, everybody came back. Everybody came back because they couldn't make any money. But uh, but you actually did transmit some New Orleans. I did. I tried. The, the I really did. Uh, the, the legit scene in the Northwest. But he helped me immensely just in terms of like, and you know, he gave me a lot of great advice. Like he was a great teacher in the sense of like, he never like omitted my work. Like if I made a mistake, he let me die on the sword. You know, like he, he, 
like he never like ins- he never inserted his ego into my my stuff and he helped me and what's funny too is like I learned that orchestra writing is a lot like mixing like when you mix a record like you have to like balance the frequencies or it doesn't it doesn't fit right to the ear sure and the funny thing is is that's what these composers that are famous that's what they did better than their peers yeah. like they balanced all the voices they balanced the voices better and it, it it has a lot in common as far as like and that whole notion of like when you introduce a new voice to uh to to something to mm-hmm. music you don't introduce it and just yank it out. Like once you introduce it, it has to. It has to. Something. It has to do something, and it has to die a gradual death, or it it's troubling to the ear. Uh-huh. And it's like you don't have to be an educated ear to be bothered by it. Right. Like if you do it wrong, like even somebody who doesn't know anything about music is just like ah, oh, something's wrong. Well, that's the thing. Like about music is. A child of three can listen to something and know if it's fucked up. And know it's fucked tell up. tell you why it's fucked up. They know it's fucked up. They know it's <laughs> fucked up. Which is why I, and especially nowadays, like, when I think something's good, I'll oftentimes outsource it, like, to, to people who I just think are open-minded but are not musicians. Right. Just, I just want, I want to hear their input because, like, as a musician, like you really can, you can get a very uppity sort of attitude about things, about like well, what is okay and what is not okay, and some of it's relevant, but some of it is not. Yeah, you know, man, and it, it's like I, I try to guard myself against sometimes about like being too, you know, too judgmental mm-hmm. about what's coming next. Right. You know, because what's coming next, it sort of outsources like what we do a little bit. Like there's more and more music being made by one person at their little workstation. Eight, yeah, with yeah. their little workstation. It's like I try not to have too much contempt for that. Because like you know what I mean? Like everything's valid on in its on it in its own its own space. In its own space. Yes, you know, yes. it's like, I, I don't want to be too quick to be like, that's bullshit. Sure. No. You no. know? Similarly, just like we're talking about on stage, you know, like wh- whose perspective is valid? You know, well, they all are. Right. You know, the- they all are. They all are. Well, uh, Manny, what do you think, man? It seems like uh, this is a podcast, huh? Yeah, I think, yeah. Thank you so God, much Tim, for being it's here, man. It's been so fun, man. You're it's s- been great. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and we like to say, uh, what do we like to say? Well, you know, Tim, as always in the, in the Troubled Men podcast, we like to say, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> it melts in your mouth and in your hand. The embroidered vest, white napkin affair. Tush. It's the gallo wine. Tush. It's the major six, the major nine. It's
You're not the biggest freak in the room. You're just bummed. You're not the biggest freak in the room. You're just bummed.